Hello. Hey, I'm on time. I know. Small miracle, Simon. Yes, indeed. Looking good, feeling good? Uh, yeah. A productive day, I hope? You know it. I'm going running after our podcasts are done, by the way. That's the goal, anyway. Uh, then we have trivia. Right. But I'm hoping to get in within that. Where are you uh, running? Uh, gonna, um, I don't know. Run a mile where, or so. Where, wherever your feet take you, right? Yeah, yeah that's right. Got to get the heart pumping. Yeah, my doctor says 20 minutes every three three times a week. Oh, I, th- I thought it was four, 40 minutes was the ideal. Oh, I thought it was... No, oh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. But it's three times a week. And it's some number of minutes. And that cuts your all-cause all mortality by some very high rate. Which I don't do, but... Right. Okay, well... Uh, would you like to welcome people back? <laughs> sure, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation, are we one Andre Roberson away from a title? <laughs> we are back as we are each and every unrelenting week to talk all things Nets Nation and Simon this is week two of a very special series you and I are doing on Nets players who may get traded in this offseason last week we focused on a player who is very near and dear to all of Nets Nation but in particular to you Simon Karis Levert. Yeah. Uh, and we we went pretty deep, I'd say, in the last episode on places he might go. Uh, this week, we are going to turn our attention to Jarrett Allen, Baby Froda, The Fro Show, <laughs> Grown Man Move. Jarrett Allen, superstar, budding superstar center, Jarrett Allen, who, because... Um, he's not as close of friends with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant is uh, relegated to a backup role on this <laughs> inspiring Nets team. Beep, beep. Back it up. <laughs> but anyway, we'll get into that in a minute. And all of my simmering resentment about DeAndre Jordan <laughs> in a minute, I will hold off on that. Because also, Simon, as I promised to you and our listeners, I am going to take a much more optimistic <laughs> tone going Uh forward so i don't want to get too cynical too early before we get into a deep dive into all kinds of jared allen trades possibilities simon we i would like to do two things one a bit of nets newsin because some things have happened okay yeah and two i want to hit up the mailbag that we missed out on last week so right nets news first thing an article we knew was going to come is fairly self-evident, but should be discussed anyway. People, other teams are likely going to be interested in Joe Harris, Simon. He's going to be very, very expensive to keep. Where are you at right now in your feelings about Joe Harris? Sign and recline. Um, as we'll talk about in um, maybe in a couple of episodes, the Nets, even if all you want to do 
is trade Joe Harris or uh, either immediately after you sign him or at the deadline or some future date, you need him to be under contract with the Nets in order to do that. So no person who is not Joe Sy's accountant should be pushing for the Nets to do anything other than sign him. Um, and then you can decide what you want to do. But but I, I, I will say just beyond that sort of um, procedural or whatever you, you would call that position, I think that he... There's like few players out there, I think, that fit better with what the Nets likely will look like than Joe Harris. Um, I mean, he's just, you know, he's exactly what you want on a team with two ball-dominant scorers. Uh, Completely agree. And I think, Simon, I'm going to propose something to you now. Let me know what you think. Maybe in lieu of we were going to do three weeks, Karis LeVert trades, Jared Allen, which we're doing this week, and then Spencer Dinwiddie. Personally, I feel like for the most part, the Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert trades are almost interchangeable to me. I think that there's a like their contracts are so similar and you could sort of make many of the same points about why they would be traded Um And I think that many teams also, like, I think teams probably, various teams in the league value one or the other more than the other. But I think a case could be made that either one is a more valuable player. So I'm I'm honestly thinking that maybe, uh, very honestly, Simon, (laughs) this is a very (laughs) honest thought of mine, uh, that that maybe next week instead of focusing on, on... Spencer, because it'll be a little redundant to our Karis one, that maybe we talk Joe Harris. Sure, sure. That sounds great. If we end up signing and, and, and moving in some way. Um, all right. So I agree with you, though. He is a, he's a perfect complimentary piece. I think other teams recognize that as well. Um, and I think, you know, Joe Sy, like many billionaires during um, what is turned into a wide scale global um, economic collapse, have enriched themselves beyond the, your wildest imagination. He's made <laughs> he's made more than a billion dollars in the last six or seven months, which, um, you know, in a just world would mean that us the people would go get to seize those assets and redistribute them in a uh you know more democratic way but um in our world means that he can afford to sign joe harris to uh, (laughs) for a little more money than maybe he deserves that's the kind of trickle-down economics i can get behind Uh, a rising boat lifts all a rising tide lifts all boats or something i don't know anyway it's all fine let's not talk about the the broader implications of joe size money the more interesting nets news simon for me and i think you are some of the mid-level exception rumors that our friend at the New York Post, a otherwise absolutely reprehensible publication, <laughs> but perfectly fine in terms of sports, Brian Lewis um, put out. And these here, I'm just going to read you the list of potential mid-level exception guys that we could go after this offseason who kind of fit that 
niche of defensive players who are not a total bust, perhaps, on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. All right. So the list, Simon, I'll read it off, and you tell me which of these guys you'd be most interested in in going after. Andre Roberson, Spencer's sort of brother-in-law. Yep. Uh, DeAnthony Melton, Maurice Harkless, Harry Giles, and I say that with emphasis because that is a titillating one to me. Uh, Tory Craig, another guy I love, and then Tyler Johnson. Spoiler alert: only guy on the list. I don't. I don't really care if we go after. Sure. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Tyler Johnson is my least excited. I think if you can't sign him to a minimum, you don't sign him. Or maybe you don't sign him at all um, because we have a million guards uh, who are mostly ball handlers. Um, Yeah, to me, the most exciting is Andre Roberson. And I understand that he doesn't actually fit what you described, (laughs) which I I admit is it is valuable, right, to have someone who is not an extreme minus on the offensive end. and he really is an extreme minus. Like, it's not just that he can't shoot a three. It's he can't shoot a basketball. Uh, but yeah. here's why I am excited. about. And he's coming off an extremely serious injury um, and basically hasn't played, save for about, I don't know, a dozen games um, for the last two or three years. Um, all of that said, I just... The reason why I really would love to sign him on the mid, uh, on the mid level is like you could it's like kind of a high risk high reward like you could be getting somebody who's just as as Brian Lewis says a half step away from a player who was an all defensive um, team um, candidate and like getting that for five or six million dollars a year would be pretty exciting to me and I. I I just think, like, because the Nets so badly need wing defense um, and should hopefully have, like, a good offense, like, it'll be doable, at least in some circumstances, to go four on five on offense. Like, you can still manage that if you're getting a guy who has a six foot 11 wingspan and can guard, I don't know, two through four. Yeah, no, I, he's he's a career. 25% shooter from the three. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a career 46% free throw shooter. Yeah. So those not, that three-point shooting is not a fluke. <laughs> but, um, yes, at, at peak Andre Roberson, one of the best on-ball defenders in the entire league. That's an asset that this Nets team could definitely use. Other guys on this list I'd be interested in, Maurice Harkless. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's my number two. Yeah, pretty good regular season guy. I think has had serious problems uh, making a Uh, shot in the playoffs. Okay. Uh, And and as a result was was let go from Portland, and I'm not even sure what team he is currently on. Uh, DeAnthony Melton. I know a bunch of analytics guys really like DeAnthony Melton. He's probably the one on the list I know the least about. Tory Craig, like absolutely wonderful defensive player, but yeah, like a lot of these guys um, in the playoffs, Simon. It, 
you're kind of waiting for him to have one hot game finally to give the, the <laughs> nugs that that sort of bench boost that he uh-huh. that he could offer up and that just has not manifested itself. <laughs> uh, he's been a, a real negative. He also had um, the Mike Conley shot gone in in game seven and the jazz oh. had advanced. Right. Uh, Tory Craig may have been vilified out of the league after that because he's the one who with three seconds left with the nuggets up two, decided to take an open layup and miss an open layup which then set up the possibility of the jazz catching them instead of just running the ball away from the basket and running the clock out so yeah (laughs) troubling but i love he's a really really good defender and exactly the type of guy we'd want harry giles simon yeah. Especially if we do get rid of Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. Harry Giles is a tantalizing center. He was in um, Jason Tatum's class and went to Duke with him. And Harry Giles was the number one recruit that year. And a guy that Jason Tatum said was just, has said on the record, was by far the best player in their class. Yeah. But has had a number of in- uh, injuries, hasn't been too successful in his time in Sacramento. But if we got rid of Jared Allen, I think he would be a really exciting player to bring in and see what we could get, or what we could do with him. Yeah. So <clears throat> I, I would be open to that. I would hope that he wouldn't require the MLE. Um, but here's what I, I, I feel like Harry Giles is the perfect net for our, our, our glorious rebuilding days when we were taking formerly top prospects who had fallen from grace, who have like a shot at, you know, you, if you polish them up, you get them on a, on a better developmental uh, team, which I dare say we are over Sacramento, um, that he, he could really become something and you'd get him for cheap and it would be this amazing opportunity. Here on this team that is trying to win a championship in the next two years, I'm more trepidatious about this. Let me, I'll, I'll give you what I, because you've turned me into a real plus minus fanatic. What gave me the most pause was that he has the 505th worst real plus minus of any player in the league. Um, <laughs> At minus 4.37, that's mostly on the defensive end, but both numbers are not good. Um, no, that's that's distressing. Yeah. But, again, an interesting, yes, to- totally, especially old school net, classic thing. Yeah. He's like, a, he could be our new Jalil Okafor type. Yes. Yeah. All right, let's get to our mailbag really quickly because we missed it last week, Simon. And as you know, the maybe next time guarantee is that if you send us a mailbag, we will respond to said mailbag in an episode. So... If you're listening, you've got a burning question about the Nets or anything, right, Simon? Maybe some experience that you've had recently that you'd like to share with us? Yes. Recipes? Yes. Uh, I know that everyone in quarantine is looking for movie and television recommendations. (laughs) So if you have any of those, I know we'd love to hear them. Send them to maybenetstime at gmail.com. I'm watching a show... 
directed by Michelle Gondry and starring um, Jim Carrey that was on Showtime called Kidding. And it's 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 really good. What what is that about? Uh, it's about like a Mister Rogers esque um, oh, yes. character yes. whose life falls apart after his son dies. Okay, sounds hilarious. It's it's I mean it, <laughs> it's it is kind of funny. Okay, it's it's good. Um, right. Anyway, so send us things like that, recommendations yeah. or questions, like Luis Torres has. He wrote. Should the Nets be worried with their roster after watching the Clippers collapse? Simon? Yeah, so I um I think I think it is worrisome. And Brian Lewis had a, a story that kind of um, went into this. Like <clears throat> the similarities are, as I understand them anyway, you have a two-person focused offense and a two-person-focused team, really, um, who have never played together and who have, aside from 20 games for Kyrie Irving last year, not played with any of the other players on the team either. Um, And you shove them into a two-year window, and you have a team that, you know, the Clippers, their, their biggest thing that people would say, other than having those two players, was like, oh, they have such depth. They have your Lou Williams, your... Um, uh, who's the center? Uh, um, Montrez Harrell. Montrez Harrell. You've got Pat Beverly. You've got all these pieces. It's not Landry just Landry Shamit. Right, right. And it turns out in the playoffs, a lot of those players really crumble, right? It's, um, especially Harrell. Um, and Lou Williams you know, was terrible too. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. And so all of your depth pieces melted away. And the, the flaws that you have um, on your team, including, you know, um, Paul George not, not really ever being very good in the playoffs, sort of really heightened. Um, so I do think there is, there is real cause for, for trepidation, especially because I don't think, maybe you would disagree, William, but I don't think our two players are as good as those two players. Um, well, I think that, that that's definitely debatable. Um, yeah. And, and the, the, the converse of the, the Clippers' concern would be the Lakers. Um, right. Two new guys on the team, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and they are one game away from the finals. Um, now, that duo, I think you can pretty definitively say our duo is not as good as. Yes. Um, Paul George was... With an, the exception of a, a couple games in the playoffs, an absolute disaster mm-hmm. um, this year. And, you know, Kyrie, a lot of the mm, lingering hope that people have for him being good is based on the <laughs> fact that in the, in the few playoffs, he's managed to not be completely injured throughout. Um, he... He has been really good, of co- uh, excepting, of course, the time when he decided to guard um, Giannis and his team lost uh, four games to one against him. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I think that I think a if KD comes back and is near where he was before he he was badly badly injured, um, a case could be made that our duo 
is is better. And I think that there's also a case to be made that our role players would be more uh, like more capable of contributing in the playoffs than the Clippers. Like uh-huh. Lou Williams is and and Montrezl Harrell are great six, seven guys during the regular season because they're just like, you know, the microwave offense thing, blah, 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 blah. But in the playoffs, when other teams can scheme for them and their defensive liabilities can be completely exposed, like they're horrible. Um, they were horrible defensively, particularly okay. Lou Williams. Um, that maybe our, our role players could be stronger. But, yeah, I mean, I think that it certainly um, – a concern, and I think it. You know, I've I've always felt that it's absurd to think that you know, putting in two players, especially one with an injury and leadership record like Kyrie Irving, <laughs> is is certainly not a guarantee that your team is gonna gonna make it to the finals yeah. or or win yeah. a championship. I, I, I can I just say one last thing. Of course, yeah. Which is on on this. Um, Thank you again for the for the for the question. I think it's a very good one. Um, I, I would also say that some of even though this is not directly what um, Louis Torres is asking, but I think a lot of <coughs> excuse me the trepidation around the Clippers is like they need to win in the next basically now year, um, possibly, and then. After that, they don't have control of their picks for seven years. They don't have their first-round pick for the next five years. Or they don't have a first-round pick for the next five years. Um, the Nets are not in that kind of dire situation. We could be if we trade for a third star, for sure. But right now, we're not um, We're not totally fucked um, if we don't win a championship. Right, which also makes... Um Playoff P's assertion after their loss to their total collapse to Denver. Uh, have you heard what he said? Who's Playoff P? Paul George. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, self-described. He gave himself that nickname, which makes it even funnier because he's just a, he was a complete fucking disaster this year. Last year they lost really early with Russell Westbrook, and right. he's just been he's not shown up. But he is he gave himself the nickname Playoff P years ago. Um, and now people obviously have weaponized it against him. <laughs> but uh, anyway, after they, they collapsed against the Denver Nuggets in historic fashion, um, and there's one more year that both of those guys are guaranteed to be on that team, as you're saying, um, he said they, didn't, they never viewed this season as a, as a championship or bust season. It's like okay. <laughs> That's interesting. Why we did a two plus one. <laughs> That's an interesting interpretation. Uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. The Nets have not completely foreclosed their future. We will have draft picks still going forward, unless we go for that that third star. And so we are not as as fucked if if things don't go right as the Clippers clearly are. Yeah. All right, so now let's turn to one of my favorite guys on the Nets, uh, Jared Allen, and trade possibilities for him. I wanna I wanna ask you some questions that will will sort of set the table for what his role is on the team right now, why he might be traded, what you think his value might be, things like that. Mm-hmm. So my first question, Simon, as as 
mentioned at the top of this podcast, Jared Allen's role is complicated on the team now because of DeAndre Jordan. Right. And Jock Vaughn, as soon as Kenny Atkinson was fired, Jock Vaughn's first move was to, to put Jared Allen on the bench and to start worthless DeAndre Jordan. Uh, Correct. And that has raised some questions, um, probably most prominently by Alex Schiffer, who has reiterated this point time and time again. Uh, do you think that Jared Allen wants out of this team? Do you think he he would he would like to be traded? That is a good. I don't. I really don't know. If I had to guess, I would say yes. But here's why I'm not totally certain. You've laid laid out the reasons why he would want to be. Um, he's not. He's probably not the starter. And even if he does become the starter through some kind of machinations, it's always going to be in the back of his mind. Like, shit, if I don't play really well, DeAndre's going to, like, eat my minutes, eat my starting spot. Um, and that's just not the kind of – he's just not the kind of player I don't think that deals well under that situation. Um, but the reason why I'm a little bit not sure is, like, I also don't know how much he values, like, continuity and, like, you know, just being able to, like – know the staff, know what you're expected to do, know like at least some of the coaching staff, know some of the players, you know what I mean? And just not the general reasons why a lot of times players just would rather not rock the boat. Right. Totally. Um, another, another concern other than Deandre, um, getting to start because he's friends with people. Um, Steve Nash has mentioned that KD is a, is a guy who could play one through five. So I think there's a pretty real possibility that the Nets might play something that I guess would be called small ball now yeah. and just go and, and play some cin- quite a lot of a centerless basketball this season. Yeah. Since we have a seven-footer who's capable of playing one through five. I'm not so sure about that one position, but two through five, let's say. Um so he might see his role as naturally diminishing a bit because of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, two final questions before we go into actual trade possibilities, Simon. First okay. thing, uh, we have the option to extend him. Yes. Do you think the Nets extend him? What would that look like if they did? I would love for them to extend him. I really would. Um, but I don't think that they – will because I think Joe Sy will want to, even though he's a goddamn billionaire and he's making a billion dollars, even as 25% of the country doesn't have enough food. Um, the, uh, sorry, we're getting back into the, the down zone. Anyway, sorry. Love you, Joe. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, he, um, which is true. Sorry. Uh, definitely yes. true. Um, I'm just mocking his actual interest in that phenomenon. Um, I do think that I just think that he will want to see some kind of proof of concept, as they say, William, Um, because if he does sign Joe Harris and maybe that's a lot of smoke and mirrors of the Nets saying that they really want to sign Joe Harris. and They are actually don't think they're going to. Mm -hmm. But assuming that they do, it's he's already looking at something like a 50 million dollar luxury tax um, with just that. 
and, and without extending um, Jared Allen. So I think he, at the very least, want to see how good this team is before locking in more money. Yeah. I think I think that's that's probably fair, and I, I just don't know enough about how the ex- how extensions work, to be able to, like strategically assess what they should do in that situation. You know. Yeah. Um. So a lot of what we're going to talk about now in the trades, I was really looking at it just with him on his current contract. Yeah. Which is $4 million next year. And then the year after that, there's a $10 million hold, a cap hold on it. Uh So that kind of limits the way that you can imagine what these trades would be. Yeah. uh, Because it's a very, obviously a very small, small contract. Um, Now, in terms of what you're looking for, just in general, from as a return for Jared Allen, who is, again, very young. Um, a demonstrated, uh, you know, starting level center in the league. Um, what what would you, what sort of thing are you looking to get back for Jarrett? Um, defense, perimeter defense. So like like a three and D like wing wing defender. Exactly. Yeah, same thing. Plus, I think at least with some of these um, potentially future assets. Oh, okay. Interesting. So a pick maybe or something like that. So I did the same thing I did last week, Simon, and I just went um, 1 through 14 in the East, uh, looked at each team, and <clears throat> many of these teams I don't see a trade for. But just like an example of something where we could get a future asset, and I'm not too excited about the player we would get. But as, a, as an, uh, you know, an example, the Bucks, I, I thought, uh, this I don't like this trade at all, but Jared Allen for Dante Divincenzo, who's on a similar okay. style contract, is like uh, you know could play one through three, uh, pretty decent defensive guard, can give you something on offense and a future first from oh, the Bucks, okay. and th- so it'd be hey, like tasty, it'd baby. be him and a and a pick. Okay, um, but that's not what I love. I'm going to start with one that I do love, and that's the Raptors trade, a Raptors trade. Okay, Jared Allen. Simon, straight up for OG and Anobi. Okay. So OG and Jared Allen, I believe, were in the same draft class. So they have, and they were picked around the same time. They have very, very similar contracts. So it'd be a one for one thing, but here's the logic and why I think it might work. Um, OG would fit really, really well with this Nets team. He is a guy who has guarded LeBron James in multiple playoffs, right? So he can guard, uh, you know, big threes, big wings, and yeah, do it exciting. and do it credibly. He can also give you something offensively. He hit that game-winning three this year in the playoffs. Um, he's not going to light it up. He doesn't need the ball in his hands, but he is a credible three-point shooter and a, and a good offensive player and a really solid wing defender. And I think probably honestly in the league valued higher than Jared Allen. But here would be the logic for the Raptors being down to do it. And that is that the Raptors may very well be losing both Serge Ibaka and Marcus Gasol this season. Um, so Serge Ibaka, they would, this is going to be a unrestricted free agent. I think as I think is Mark Gasol. And there's a lot of rumors that Marcus Gasol is just going to, hang up his NBA and, and move back to Barcelona where he actually owns a basketball team. 
to, oh. to manage that basketball team. So if the Raptors are losing both of their centers, I could see them seeing this as a, a reasonable way to get a young center on a good contract who they could build around going forward. Right. Sure. Do you like that one? I love that. I love that. I don't know anything about OG Ananobi, but what you just told me is is very exciting. That sounds like exactly what you need. All right. What's your – oh, and by the way, uh, I should mention, so I'm looking at teams in the East to trade <clears throat> with, and Simon is looking at teams in the West that we could potentially trade with. Who's your first trade? Okay. I'm going to start off slow for you, William, and then I'm going to build to a, a, a what I think will be a um, divisive climax. Okay. So this one, um, I, I don't, I don't know. This is a, just something I'm kicking around here. So you would, it would be um, Jared Allen. I don't know if you, it's actually possible to do this, but just play along. We would sign Garrett Temple and trade him. We would like pick hit, pick up his option and then trade him. TLC and Musa for. Um, Patrick Beverly of the Los Angeles Clippers. Mm. <laughs> you're, not, you're not okay. That is a feisty, dogged defender, and has has a has a, a mean streak to him. A mean streak, a goonish quality that I am um, a huge, huge proponent of, as you know. Um, and the, including all those other players. It's just because his contract, you know, you, you just got to build up to all those things. So I and, and the reason why I would think the Clippers might be interested is they uh, they don't have a center really except Zubach. Um, they may be looking to have an actual center um, who's still good at defense and can get you at least something offensively. Um so that's my pick. You, you seem uh, you seem not interested. Um, no, I mean I'd love to have Patrick Beverly on the team. He certainly didn't bring a lot to the the Clippers this playoffs, but um, <coughs> you know he is a he is a dogged defender, and we need that. But was he a I dogged think- defender in the playoffs, and he just was bad at offense, or? Um, I I forget what happened. I think he might have missed like the training camp or something. I just I just don't remember hearing really anything positive about what he what he did during the playoffs, which is why I sort of mentioned that he 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 didn't his defense as tenacious as it may have been didn't rise to the level of being mentioned ever by anyone. So. <laughs> um. And I just feel like Jared Allen is giving up a lot for for basically a guy that you're getting just because he's a uh, like a, a maniac uh, energy guy on defense, like basically like a David Nwaba, a guy you could probably find, you could probably find a guy a defensive specialist like that somewhere else without giving uh, up like one of your best young assets on the team. Now is he? He, is he a zero on offense? I, I, I feel like Pat Bev's all right on, on like threes. He's a point guard, isn't he? So he can kind of handle the ball. Um, I think that he's pretty a pretty bad shooter, but we should definitely look at... All right, I, I, I will look it up. At you the can pa- go on all to right, your... I'll go on to my next one, and then you, yeah, you let us know 
what Pat Bev's looking like. Um, so Celtics, I don't see a trade. Pacers, maybe package Dinwiddie and Jared Allen for an Oladipo, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think that's going to be enough for the Pacers. Um, the Heat, I had one, Simon. Uh-huh. I'm listening. Um, if we don't sign Joe Harris, right? Mm-hmm. Perhaps we could convince the Heat to move off of their rookie three-point sharpshooter, Duncan Robinson, in exchange huh. for a Jared Allen. Okay. Um, he, I think he led the NBA in terms of made three-pointers this year and shot it above 40%. He is an absolute sharpshooter. Um, would be a great Joe Harris, re- cheap Joe Harris replacement. Um, I'm not sure that the Heat would have any interest in moving off of him. Um, and I'm not sure if they're, they're looking for a center since they have Bam out of bio like Jarrett Allen. But anyway, it's one I thought of. Okay. Uh, what do you got in terms of Pat Beverly shooting? Oh, so, okay, he doesn't shoot well from the field. He's at 43%, but he mostly just takes threes, and he shot them at 38% last year, or 39%. Um, so his effective is like 0.548, which is pretty good. But he didn't get a, it doesn't get a lot of points. You know, he's, but he's, yes, he's mostly out there to irritate yeah um but yeah you, not, you, not a zero you want to you, you want to trade jared allen for that that's a taste of that 7.9 points 3.6 assists one steal a game patrick yeah. beverly energy yeah. And, plus, and, and plus guarantee that every team hates playing against you because he's just such a relentless asshole to everyone. Yes, exactly. I we I would wish we had a thousand uh uh Pat Bevs. Um okay, my next one. Um stop me if you've heard this name before. Um Robert Covington. Uh mm. the Nets the Nets another team, Houston, who doesn't have a center who might think after their latest playoff experience that a center would be good. We know, well, we don't know, but it was reported that there was some interest in Jarrett um, at the trade deadline. No, it was DeAndre. Oh, really? There was no... Yes, they they wanted to trade for DeAndre, and we didn't do it. (laughs) How fucking terrible is that? Huh. That's crazy. Well, anyway, but still, um, it, would, it would suggest that they are interested in perhaps not being pocket rockets forever and getting an actual center. So, right. Let's hope or or, you know, may, maybe they would. So that would be the same trade. Uh, Jared Allen, Garrett Temple, Musa and TLC for Rocco. Uh, okay. And so that would be, yeah, again, wing defense, versatile wing defense. Uh, in exchange for Jarrett and a bunch of scrubs. Yes, would love to get our hands on a little bit of Rocco. Uh, my next guy, I mentioned him last time, would love to get him. Don't know that we will. But let's say, Simon, let's just say the Philadelphia 76ers move away from the man, the myth, the legend, Joel, the process Embiid, right? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> They're going to need a center, aren't they? 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they figure, why not just Jarrett? <laughs> Straight up, one for one, Jarrett <laughs> for Joel. No. Joel <laughs> hadn't been working for us. We don't. I don't think these pieces fit. Let's get Jarrett in here. <laughs> Uh, no, we do a Jarrett because the Sixers need a center now, all of a sudden. Yes. Uh, Matisse Thibel for Jared Allen. Uh, wow. You think so highly of Matisse Thibel. I mean, I think he's going to be an all defensive player for about a decade. And that is exactly <laughs> what, and that's what the Nets need. I'm going to give you my next one too. Okay. Okay. This one's this one is is straight up Looney Tunes right here. <laughs> okay. This is a trade with the Orlando Magic. Uh huh. Are you ready for this? And this one, I hate myself for even suggesting, but I gotta do it. Uh, Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Okay, so we're gonna get to move off Torian. Okay. For. <laughs> For Markel Fultz. Okay. Why? <laughs> Excellent question. So Markel Fultz can play defense, can't yes. shoot a free throw. Uh, broken human being and player emotionally. <laughs> needs needs a third chance, I say. Uh-huh. Right? He comes. Is there anyone better in the entire NBA universe than Steve Nash to gently bring about the full flowering of the potential of Markel Fultz, right? He came into the league. He is one of the uh, most historic busts of a first-round draft pick ever. He had a total mental collapse. There is now not even... No one even pretends that there was a shoulder issue of any kind he had. And, you know, he was going through a lot. I've uh, I've, I've read a few things about, about some really shitty things that were happening in his life at the time. He also went from basically playing JV basketball through like his junior year of high school to all of a sudden growing and becoming like the number one, you know, like a very high recruit. So he was, he doesn't have like the years of training in how to deal with the media and stuff like that. Anyway, clearly suffered a massive mental collapse. Steve Nash, very nice guy, point guard, gets it, will be able to talk him out of whatever insane. Um, funk he has talked himself into and will bring out that first pick talent that everyone saw years ago. We're already squandering Jared Allen, but we would also, so we're getting rid of him and we would be getting off of the albatross of the Torian Prince contract. Okay. Okay. Um, no, that's a, that's an interesting, that's an interesting idea. I, I, my counterpoint to this being a good mental situation for him is that he would be put in the pressure cooker situation of the title chase. Yeah. Okay, uh, let's move on from Mark Kelfold stuff. <laughs> it's a bad idea. What's your next what's okay. your next one? Well, William, this is my final one and I am genuinely curious to know what you think. Even if you hate it, I think it will be funny to hear your response. Um but it is okay. I'm cheating a bit because I'm also trading one of our other people that we're doing. But Jared Allen and Spencer Dinwiddie, okay. quite, 
quite a package. Oh, yeah. Admittedly. The total package. But wait, wait till I tell you we're getting back. <laughs> Mark Helfold's. <laughs> um, it's Pat Beverly. No, um, it is Joe Ingalls and old friend Eddie Davis. <laughs> Ed, left for dead on the Utah Jazz bench, <laughs> Davis. Old, sad friend, Ed Davis. <laughs> uh, um, okay. Can so we, my yeah, pitch, let, this yeah. doesn't, I honestly think that if Fluff you propose. me a little bit on this one, Simon. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think Nets Nation would shoot me in the head if I were the GM. And did this, but here's, and I honestly think this, William, I don't know how you feel, but I, I think that jazz fans, if I were a jazz GM, they would hate this too. Um, because I, I, I think that, um, Joe Ingles is, is such a critical piece for them. I feel like, although they haven't really gone anywhere. So how critical could he be? But here, here's what I'm trying to say. Here's what I'm trying to say here. This guy, again, real plus minus for you, William, to wet your whistle. Um, Joe Ingles is number 26 in the entire league in real plus minus. Yeah. Um, And much of that, um, almost all of that is from, except .04, is from defense. He's an incredible defender. He is like, he's an Andre Roberson built guy. Um, who, who can guard two through four. Um, he's big, he's feisty, feisty is all get he's out. He's an irritant as yes. well. He, yes. I, he it really gets under player's skin. Yeah. Yes. And he's a fantastic, efficient shooter. He shoots almost 40% from three. He shoots over 50%. I, let me double check that, but he, he shoots very well from the field overall. He's a hyper efficient scorer. Doesn't need. The ball can do a bit of ball handling, though. Um, so I just think he would be so like I'm just imagining a starting lineup that in that includes Kyrie, KD, Joe Harris, and Joe Ingles. It's just I don't know. To me, that's an awesome lineup. And then you know the center of of uh, DeAndre. Um, but in a closing lineup with one of our guards in there and and KD at the five. Right. Um, um, I I I don't hate this. Oh, I hate it uh, because it includes Spencer Dinwiddie. So it's unfair to say that I don't I don't dislike it. I do dislike it strongly because of its inclusion of Spencer Dinwiddie. If this were, hear me out on this, the Jazz decide they're not going to give Rudy Gobert the like super max extension. Yeah. That he is sort of expecting to get, and he asked. He asks out of there, right? So yeah. they lose him. The Jazz all of a sudden are desperate. Jared Allen is a pretty good sort of poor man's Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah, and, he, and I would argue, William, I don't know how you feel about this. I would say he's he's better at, like, versatility. He, he can guard uh, perimeter players better than Gobert. Yeah. I mean, he's not an all a better defender, but yeah, I I do think he's he he has some untapped potential in terms of of getting out on the on the perimeter and guarding people. Um, so they the Jazz lose him. They're looking for a center to appease Mitchell, who wants to know who he's going to be throwing lobs to this year. Jazz are so desperate they would do that trade, but in lieu of 
Um, in lieu of Spencer Dinwiddie, we give them Torian Prince. <laughs> sure. Cha-ching! I mean, I think it would be tough for them to, to talk them into Jarrett because they already have Gobert. So something around Gobert has to happen for them to entertain a trade that involves Jared Allen, I think. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, not as high on the longevity of Joe Ingles. He does look like a guy who... When it stops working for him, it's going to really stop working for him, and it does look like he is on the precipice of that. Um, and why, that, why do you think that? How old is he? Uh, let me find out. But you don't, you don't think he he gets by with his with his wiles with his. Um, yeah, and I think with, that he would be able to get by. I think it's harder for defensive players to get by on on their wiles. They just become like Joe Dudley. Uh, he's, not Jer- Jared, Jared Dudley, Dudley types. Yeah, Jared Dudley He's types. He's 32. He's 32, right. Just saying, could be worrisome. <laughs> no way. Joe and Joe. Um, but, yeah, no, if it's Prince and and uh, and Jared, I'd be, I'd be all in on that. Okay, I've got three more that I'm going to read to you, and I want you to tell me which one you like the most, okay? Okay. So I've got one with the Bulls, the Knicks, and the Hawks. First, Jared Allen for, plus, uh, sorry, Jared Allen plus our first rounder this year, the nineteenth uh-huh. pick to the Bulls for Laurie Markkinen, who is unhappy in Chicago. He is reportedly very unhappy in Chicago. Interesting. Uh, okay. Two, Jared Allen for Kevin Knox, and th- on the Knicks. Uh, you know, has been one of the most dreadful lottery picks in recent memory, but had has a huge amount of potential, right? Or at least yeah, that's what they keep that's what me. people people were saying. <laughs> and we know the Knicks is a horrible situation. Maybe the Nets would be a better one. Final one: we trade with the Hawks, who inexplicably want yet another center, uh, and they want to give up Kevin Herter. Oh. Interesting. Uh, uh, so, which of those three is most enticing to you? For me, it'd be the Bulls. But what? Do you, what's your thought? Uh, who is Herder good at threes? Herder's a three-point killer. Yeah. Is he any good at D? Um, he's not terrible. I don't think. All right, I'll go, I'll go with that one. I really do not want Kevin Knox. Yeah. Um, what about Laurie Markkinen? What? What about Laurie Markkinen? I don't know. I, 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 he's not good at D either, right? Um, I mean... He's just kind of a stick out there. <laughs> he's young, though, and he's a, he's a stretch five. Yeah. Yeah, that's... I don't know. I, 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 I don't really like any of those trades. He's the um, Finnish phenom. Yeah. Are you just hurt that are you just hurt that I didn't like your Joe Ingalls trade? Uh, I don't know. William, it seems stupid. <laughs> Boy, it and whoever thought of that trade is a real big <laughs> idiot you? and mean also. <laughs> it's a mean spirited trade that what? you just that what? you just suggested. You, you could you could have three players in the top twenty six of, of real plus minus. That's your dream. No, that is that is any RPM head's dream for sure. Yeah. For sure. Uh well I think I think we got into some pretty decent trades there. Yeah, I, I agree. I 
I don't think that the Raptors OG Ananobi thing could ever happen, but if it did, I think he would be a massive steal for Jared Allen. Cool. That would be the one of all these that I would be most excited about. Um, all right, Simon, would you let people where, know where they could share movie recommendations with us? Yes, please send us anything you want as long as it's not too vitriolic and hurtful or a death threat um, to maybe next time at gmail.com. Nothing threatening or incredibly mean. Right. Maybe next time at gmail.com. Anything else goes. Yeah. Um, Fate, praise, high praise. Right. Um, Maybe something interesting that you've cooked at home. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, a, a swing like, and a miss in the kitchen, even. Sure. Something like a, a stuffed cabbage recipe gone awry. Right, right. That's not hard. Um, and uh, check us out on our social media, uh, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Maybe Next Time. Um, and rate us and review us, please. We've got to have those five stars um, so that others can hear about your stuffed cabbage recipe that you should avoid. Yummy, 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 yummy. Do you like uh, staff, uh, sour cream with your stuffed cabbages? I don't like stuffed cabbage. I think it is truly gross. I think maybe I've ever had stuffed cabbage once <laughs> at most. Yeah, okay. Um, so with that, folks, it's been absolutely wonderful spending a little time with you. Simon, always, always good to chat. Yes. Uh, and we'll go ahead and uh, see ya. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read 